that this, this is a good segue into our text today in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, talking about spiritual warfare, right? When, when you consider the place that you've been called to in this country, uh, there is opposition to that. And so what we enjoy in the comforts of this place, whether it be padded chairs or screens or those things at some point will go away. The, these conveniences that we have sometimes uh, do the opposite that we really hope that they'll do. And we're, 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 we're for them. They're fine. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it's you and I gathered as the church that really matters. We've, we've been in a series on Ephesians, and we're going to wrap it up today. Uh, you can get all of them on the podcast and, and catch up if you missed any. But as we draw this down, literally in the end of his writing this letter, Paul uses the word finally. He said a ton to this point. And all of it hinged on this phrase that he used to the praise of of his glory. Paul wanted these people that he loved, this friendship and brotherhood and sisterhood and church body that he loved deeply to do all of those things simply to the praise of his glory. And so we talked a lot about what that means. Talked about what, a lot about what that looks like. Now, even down to in our own city and the fight with human trafficking last week. Like there are there are tangible pieces to that but what i want to do this morning is is really bring you a tactical sermon if i could say it that way and one of the things that that we are thinking through here as we hit the end of ephesians is what does that look like in the real world like what does it look like the fact that i'm a saint by no merit of my own but by the grace of god worked out in my life Right? Those are some of the places we began this. But as Paul comes into the letter and he says, because you're a saint, because you're adopted into the family of God, what, what is the last thing that I want you to walk away with? What, what's the final thing? And so, so really this is a sermon on spiritual warfare. And so let's start here and, and let's feel some of the intensity of what Paul's writing as he closes this out. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, here, here is the sum up of what Paul wants us to get. Here's what verse 10 says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. If you have a real Bible, I want you to circle that. Have you discovered the beauty of circling and highlighting books and Bibles? It's amazing. You should try it. Think about that. What, what might seem to you, if you're familiar with the Bible or familiar with church, is it's just easy to brush past these things that we already know in our mind. But listen to what he says. He says, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Not yours. As you do this season, one of the things that we are all guilty of is trying to control as much as we possibly can in our life. Anybody want to just confess their sin? <laughs> like, I'll go first, right? Like, it's, it's our human nature. If we can control it, if we can plan it, we will. 
And yet we're all painfully aware, aren't we? That there are some things in this life and even at this season where we wrap up a year and we look at another one. There are reminders for all of us in this season that there are things that we cannot control. There are things that are literally beyond us. In fact, Paul goes on here. Look at verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God for a specific reason. Look what he says, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If I had a key idea for you today, and if you're taking notes, it'll be the first thing that is on your paper there. If I had a key idea for you that if you would walk away with none of the rest of the things I say, I would hope that you'd walk away with this. I don't want you to be unaware of the devil's schemes. If you were going to walk away with nothing else today, I want you to remember that there is an enemy in your life. Five times in the book of Ephesians, as we've been studying through it, this idea of the heavenly realms has been used. And it's, I think, why Paul said in Ephesians 1.17 that we should be praying and that he was praying for these folks that were the church in a thriving city, much like ours. He said, I'm praying that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That, that this year you would know that there is an enemy and that you would be filled with the Spirit of God in the middle of it. That you wouldn't run away from it, but that you'd actually step into it knowing that God is there. And so as you think about that, it's important to know, verse 12, what exactly you're battling. Look at verse 12. So we're putting on the armor of God so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. And here's an important realization. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Many of us have walked in here today thinking that certain people are the problem. And I just want you to know that people are not the problem. It's not your spouse, it's not your cousin, it's not your coworker, it's not any of those things or those people. Scripture is incredibly clear and Paul's incredibly clear that we're to put on the armor of God and stand against these schemes of the devil because we're not wrestling people. Every human is made in the image of God and has that value. Yet there's things behind it. Look at what he says here. He says, but we are wrestling against the rulers and the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. There it is again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation 
than the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. Before I move on, think about that. Think about that as as you're reading. It's talking about this gospel of peace in the middle of war, right? there's There's a tension there. But what I want you to think about is when the devil is scheming, when the devil comes, darts are distant, aren't they? So if you're getting the picture of war, what's happening here is is the devil is standing back from you and he's flinging darts. Temptation, problems, difficulty. You get the picture. But I kind of envision him hiding behind something, shooting arrows at us. And then you get the picture that Jesus gives us through Paul here, and he says, you're not going to fight back by flinging darts back. Many of us, I think, when we come to wrestle against the devil, we're, we're caught behind stuff in fear, flinging darts. Does that make sense? And yet... These darts are distant, but what does, what does Scripture tell us to do when those darts come? To do the opposite. To literally pick up a shield of faith. That in faith, I don't think that I can actually go do this, but I'm going to pick up my faith and use it as a shield because I know what this book says is true. And I'm going to step out into that battle. I'm going to step towards those darts that are coming with my faith and with my sword. Sword brings proximity, doesn't it? You can stay away from the battle and fling darts. You cannot grab a shield and a sword and stay back from the fight. What, what God is actually telling you to do is to pick up your faith and use it. Not because you're awesome. Not because I'm awesome or we really bring anything to the table. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 but because it's actually that faith in who is with you and in you that you can step forward. It's, it's the fact that your sword is not actually your own plans and your own schemes, but it's the Word of God. So if I have faith and I have truth, I can actually step up to the plate and fight these battles. And some of you need to hear that today because you've been holding back in fear flinging darts at the devil. And his darts are better than your darts. They just are. And some of you feel defeated today. Some of us feel defeated today because our strategy has not been God's strategy. And so I want to do three things with you quickly. I want to give you three truths. These are the headings in your notes. Three truths, three weapons, and three tactical moves, strategies. Right, But we have to be aware of the fact that the devil is scheming against you. Scripture tells us that Satan is the father of lies and that God is the father of light and life. Can I just say this to you? If you don't believe the devil is real, that doesn't make him go away. I was reading some stats uh, just to, from different places, and so I didn't bring a bunch of them, but one really struck me. And, and, and the statistics said this, that 
50% of Christians in this country, the United States of America, do not believe in a literal devil. So the first truth, number one, I want you to write this down. The devil is real. I just want you to know that we don't believe in fantasies and fairy tales here. But we do believe that there is a God and there is a devil. And that he is actively at work in this city and on this corner and in your neighborhood as scripture says seeking whom he can devour he's not nice think about some of his strategies if I was just to give you a quick list of them uh, some of his strategies are this Satan lies He's the father of lies, John 8:44. The first time we see him in Genesis 3, he's lying. He's, he's going to Eve and saying, did God really say that? I mean, think about it. Come on, Eve. He's a liar. He blinds the minds of unbelievers, 2 Corinthians 4:4. 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ. He's a liar. He blinds people. Here, here's another one. He, he masquerades in costumes of light. Let's put this one up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 11.14 says this, And no wonder, no wonder we're falling into temptation, Paul says to another group of Christians that he loves. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. That's why the scripture says that you should test every spirit, Right? We don't test it by seeing if it works. If Satan can get it to work and get you to not believe in Jesus, then awesome. Other scriptures talk about Satan being able to perform uh, wonders. All in wonders, even, even from the devil. So, so that's not always the answer. Tons of people and tons of blessing aren't always God's answer that this is from him. Satan, if he could distract us with something that we think is good, he's going to go for it. No wonder, even Satan disguises himself as light. Let's go a little farther on that one. The devil's real. Revelation 12, 7 to 9. This will be on the screen for you too. It says, now war arose in heaven. This is heaven. We, we think of heaven as a place of great peace and prosperity and ease. But that's not the picture we get, is it? Look, look at this. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. Now remember in Revelation, John's saying this is what it looked like. He couldn't describe it. He did the best he could with God's help. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. So the devil is real. And you should take note of that. That there's an active opposition to what God is doing in your life. And to ignore that does not make it go away. Number two, 
the devil wants to destroy you. As you think about the schemes of the devil, other scriptures come to mind and inform us as to what Paul's talking about here. He calls them schemes, right? For some reason, when I think of the schemes, I always think about Home Alone and the Sticky Bandits, right? You know, it's like, you know, they were scheming, right? There was no good intent there. Let's call it what it is with Satan, right? They are schemes and they are for your destruction. That, that is the goal. John 10.10, 10, here's what Jesus said. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But what does Jesus do? Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, Be sober-minded, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But you're not helpless. Look at what it says. Resist him, firm in what? Your faith. Grab your faith and use it this week. He loses. Why? Resist him, firm in your faith. Why? knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. People all around this world are giving their lives for their faith. We can certainly pick ours up and use it to stop the insults. Amen? Like, we should be on the offense because we have it relatively easy. Let's take some ground. The devil's real. He wants to destroy you. Number three, the devil responds to a higher authority. And you should know that. You don't have to give in to temptation. You don't have to do what you feel like every time. I'm preaching to myself. Think about Job. The devil goes and asks God for permission. Please listen to this part. Again, I said that was the other thing was the only thing I wanted you to get. I want you to get this one too. All right? I want you to get all of it. It's all, it's all in the book. But think about Job. The devil asks permission to go afflict Job, to take away his stuff. And God says, you can do whatever you want, just don't take his life. Because God's in control. But here's what I want you to think about with Job. Oftentimes we think, Struggle, bad. Blessing, good. But, but think about this. All of our circumstances, the devil may be involved in them, but he's not always in control of them. Think about what God was doing with Job. God may be using the circumstance to change you and shape you and strengthen you, and there's pain involved in that. But who was behind that? God. God was the one who gave permission for the devil to take all of that away from Job, knowing that in the end, Job would say, you know what? Blessed be the name of God. Now, he spent two chapters asking God questions, and then God spent three going, who on earth do you think you are? Were you there when I hung the stars? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> and it just it's amazing. At the end of it, Job just goes, yeah, you're God, and I'm not. And what I want you to know is that some of the struggles and circumstances that you're going through right now are not just because of the devil. But it may be that God is asking you to pick up your shield of faith 
and your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and go to battle for your kids. Go to battle for your marriage. Go to battle for your church. Go to battle for your city, your street, your neighbor. Because if you won't, who's going to, right? Scripture tells us how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. You have good news to share this Christmas. Walk across the street and share it. I've shared about my friend, our neighbor, who's a Buddhist, and he constantly asks me to get together. And I just, I'm busy, man. Like, But shame on me. So you know what? We had lunch this past week, I'm happy to report. We had a great conversation. But you know what? Isn't it just like God to like, I feel busy, I'm trying to get stuff done. And you know what my neighbor asked me to do? He said, hey, do you want to go for a walk and we'll just get lunch somewhere on the way? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I would love to. All right. How long is this going to take? You know what? But shame on me. Shame on me that, that the busyness of church would matter more than his soul. Shame on me. So you know what? In that moment, as he's asking questions, it just dawns on me like this is the ministry. This is what you and I are supposed to be doing. And people want it. At the end of our conversation, he looked me in the eye and he goes, man, I really like what you're doing. I'm just like, I'm not doing anything, man. I went for a walk. Because everything that he was saying, I just, I had the Bible and I just said, let me tell you how, let me tell you what God says about it. And it's just every, every question, there's a scripture. Every question, there's a scripture. And I just want you to know, you don't have to know all the Bible to be able to, to do something. You can just tell them your story. Just listen, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. God changed my life. I was this way and he made me this way. And he's awesome. And that's why you're searching. It's that simple. But we must pick up our shield of faith because the devil responds to a higher authority. So there's no fear for us when we step out and do that. We're not afraid because there's no fear in love. And who is love? What does scripture say? God is love. He's in control. He's all-powerful. And He loves us. Listen to 1 John 4.4. 4. It'll be on the screen for you. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Why? All of those things around you, you've overcome them because you're a child of God. Why? Because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. That's where your power lies. So when Paul tells the people in Ephesus and the surrounding cities that there are schemes that the devil has but they ought not be afraid but they ought to actually step into the battle with their sword and their shield having the belt of truth on and the breastplate of righteousness that because they're a saint they have this righteousness in Christ that even when the devil comes and says yeah but you've done this and you've done that and you were thinking about doing that and God can't use that. That, that. Those are lies. Because you've been forgiven and Romans chapter 8 says nothing can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. Amen? Somebody got excited about that in church today. Hello. Getting fired up up here. Three weapons. Let's talk more about the weapons. So th- those things are true. Let's talk about our weapons. The first one that jumps out at me in this is not our name or our ability, but the name of Jesus. That's your first weapon. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. 
This isn't on the screen, but this this is free. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. It's a famous story. Maybe you'll recognize it if you're new to church. You, you may not, but Simon Peter was just an awesome guy. You should Google him later and read the verses about him. But here, here's what happens. Uh, he's speaking with Christ. Jesus is on earth. He's walking and talking with him. And, and he's talking with Jesus and... Jesus says, Simon, Simon. And you just see Jesus, right? Get down on one knee. Oh, Simon. Oh, Peter. Peter liked to talk a lot. <laughs> and he said this. He said, Satan demanded to have you. Satan demanded to have you. That he might sift you like wheat. You getting the imagery there? He just wanted to mess Peter up. And he did sometimes. But why did Peter overcome that? Do you ever wonder why Peter messed up and was restored? Judas messed up and took his life. Do you ever wonder what the difference is? Here's the difference. That he might sift you like wheat. But listen to this, verse 32. But I have prayed. Man, what a powerful thing. Jesus Christ looks Peter in the eye and says, You know what? Satan demanded to have you. But I have prayed for you... Not that God would jump in and do something massive. Listen to what he says. But I have prayed that you, that your faith may not fail. Shield of faith. The name of Jesus. Faith in the Son of God. Come to earth as a baby. Emmanuel, God with us, is your shield of faith. The name of Jesus is the very thing that you wield in faith saying, because of him who is in me, I know that he's greater than the one who is in the world. You can actually with great confidence do that. Let, let, look at, give me, let me give you an example. It'll be on the screen. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72, okay, this isn't just the special 12. Okay, a lot of us forget that. This wasn't the special 12. These were 72 other followers. They were just out there they're like, this is awesome. They're just out there doing ministry. We don't know their names. This isn't Peter, James, John, Sons of Thunder. This isn't them. These are a bunch of people. Just nobody knows them. It's important because that's you and me. Nobody knows you and me. It's probably better that way. And here's what happened. They return with joy. They've been in battle. They return with joy saying, Lord, even demons are subject to us in what? Your name. And he said to them, yeah, you think that's good? <laughs> I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, it's like telling fishing stories. They're like, God, you should have seen this, Jesus. It was awesome. Demons, they were subject to us. He's like, yeah, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then listen to what Jesus said. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Is he talking about physical? No. Because what do we know? People dying left and right for the name of Jesus. All through church history. It's happening now in other parts of the world. And yet the church is growing like wildfire in those parts of the world. Not so much here where it's easy. Matthew 6.13, when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, what did he say? Pray that God would deliver us from evil. The name of Jesus is a great weapon for you because it's based in the truth of the Word of God. 
That's where our faith is. Number two, the blood of Jesus. I love this. Revelation twelve eleven. And they have conquered him, Satan. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And how do we use the blood as a weapon in the warfare that faces us? I told you it's not difficult. Here's why. They've conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and what? By the word of their testimony. Listen, I don't have all the answers, but here's what I do know. And then you tell them your story. Tell them your story. Some of you have incredible stories. I have an incredible story too. At the age of six, I confessed Jesus as Lord and have never walked away from that. That's a miracle. Some of you were walking away from that and God reached down and rescued you. What a miracle. Every testimony is a miracle because left to ourselves, we would not follow Christ. I love this last part. For they loved not their lives even unto death. How do you give up your life for Jesus? The blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony. It's powerful. It's powerful. Each one of our testimonies of God's grace radically saving wretches like us is a weapon against evil schemes. And he's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you it's not that big a deal. But it is. He's going to put you at odds with some people. He's going to try to mess that up and not use it and keep you from using it. But you should just know that he can be conquered because of the blood of the Lamb and the power of your testimony. Number three, the Word of God. So we bring that all full circle back to Ephesians chapter 6. All of those things are true. And yet you come back to the Word. Look at Ephesians six seventeen one more time. Here's what we're to do. Take the helmet of salvation. Christ has radically stepped in and rescued you. We studied that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of you, but it's a gift from Him so that you could walk in the works that He's prepared you to. You're His workmanship. You're His masterpiece. You're just what He wanted. So we take that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The book is your sword. This Word is your sword. Spend time in it. Spend time in it. I I think, I can't help but think about Jesus when Satan comes face to face with him in the wilderness. I think a lot of times we look at that as a real problem. Right? But but what what does it actually say? It says that in this blessing of baptism where God comes down and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus is celebrated and commissioned in the ministry. It says immediately the Holy Spirit drove Jesus out in the wilderness. God took him to the wilderness. And Satan met him there. The places that God's going to take you this week are God taking you there. But Satan's going to meet you there. But notice, Luke chapter 4, if you want to look at it later, every time that Satan tempted Jesus, he responded with Scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. All the answers to what you're struggling with are right here. They're right here and they're right here. It's the community that God's put around you in faith that can walk with you in those moments. If you're not a believer in Christ today, I would encourage you to consider that deeply this Christmas. That in fact Jesus is real and that He did in fact come and history testifies to it. It, it, is, it has stood the test of time. It has stood the test of truth. Is God calling you to Him today? If Jesus fought His battles, Jesus, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, if He fought His battles by quoting Scripture, we need to fight our battles by quoting Scripture, which means we have to be in Scripture Friends, we have to be people of the book. We have to stick with the stuff. Because this is the thing that has stood the test of time. It's the thing that hasn't been stamped out or destroyed or put away. It has always stood and it will continue to stand faithful and true. So let me close like this. Let me, let me give you three tactical moves. So that's all good, Pastor. <laughs> what does that mean on Monday? What does that mean on Tuesday? Maybe you do all right with that. How about Thursday and Friday? Start getting beat up by the devil. Let me give you three tactical moves. Number one, daily submit to God. James 4, 7 and 8, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit to God every day. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. We're double-minded people. Every day we have to remind ourselves and submit to God or we'll do it our way. And that's not a good way. Daily submit to God. Number two, close open doors. Close them. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Don't mess with sin. Confess it. Repent from it. Go a different way. Whatever it is, find a different path to get done what you need to get done. That means getting rid of something or doing away with this or that, then do it. Ephesians 4.27, give no opportunity to the devil. He's going to take them. You've got to close them. Close the opportunity. Ephesians 5.11 Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Expose them doesn't mean, I got you! It just means shining light. It means bringing those things into the truth. Drag those things kicking and screaming into the truth, into the light. Daily submit to God. Close open doors. Number three, confront your enemy daily. Every day, remind the devil who he is and who you are in Christ. Because look back at James 4, 7, and 8. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God and then do what? Resist the devil and what will happen? He will flee from you. There, there is offense that you can take to get rid of the devil's scheme in your life. And so often we, we just get back here and we hide and we fling darts I'm not going to do it today. And then what do you do? You do it. Now I'm not going to do it today. Today's the day. 
I'm going to do it. Then what do you do? Thursday. You do it. (laughs) I made it through Wednesday, but I did it. No, no, no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But to do that, you have to draw near to God so that he can draw near to you. Grab your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, because he's not going to win. Listen to Colossians chapter 2. This is not on the screen, but you should write it down because this is awesome. Colossians 2.15, here's what Jesus says. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame. Why? By triumphing over them on the cross. Boom. Confront your enemy. Memorize scripture and confront him with it every time you are tempted. Luke chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 5.27, reject every kind of evil. 2 Timothy 2.3, wage the good warfare. If Satan's going to come, you wage the good warfare. Be like, all right, bring it on. Because he who's in me is greater than you. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. So when you feel like you've been separated, you've not. Wage good warfare. Remind yourself, encourage yourself, encourage each other. We have all these ways to communicate and yet we don't communicate. Text somebody and say, God is in you and for you. Wage good warfare today. Let's confront the enemy every single day day why I love this at the end of chapter 6 man because Paul ends the letter this way and, and it's not on the screen I just want you to listen to it Paul says fight that fight get in the battle wage war put on the armor of God do it because the devil's real you need to know that and then he says you know why he says in verse 20, because I'm an ambassador in change, change that I can declare it boldly as I ought to speak. No matter what your circumstances are, you declare it boldly. But then he says this, verse 23 and 24, end of the, end of the text. He says, peace to you. He just talked about war. And then he says, peace to you. <laughs> I love that. You can, you can be in the middle of the craziest stuff in your life and be at total peace. Don't you love the story when Jesus was in the boat sleeping and the disciples are in a in like a hurricane and they're like, ah, Jesus, what's wrong with you? And he's like, peace, be still. Stop bothering me, guys. Where's your faith? <laughs> Life's going to be like that. Maybe you're in that. Jesus is there. Paul says, peace to you, brothers and sisters. And love with faith. Sometimes you got to love with faith, don't you? Like, I'm going to love you because I believe what Jesus said is true, and that's the only reason. But I love you. I'm going to keep on keeping on. With faith from, the, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. If you will stick by the stuff, it doesn't matter what comes your way. Jesus is there and greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Do you believe that today? Amen. The band's going to come up and kind of lead us out in a song here. And I, I want to just do something slightly different than, than we normally do. As they come up, I just I want you to sit for a minute. 
And I just want you to pray about that. Like we have to we have to take our time and do what God is telling us to do. I believe that some of you in here, including me, there are some wars that we need to step up and fight. I've got two in my my mind right now, just up here preaching just what God's laying on my heart. There there are some wars that we've been losing because we haven't picked up our shield of faith and we've allowed those little darts from the devil to take us down. And we've left that shield of faith lying on the floor and we've believed the lies that the devil has told us. And I believe today is the day as we get ready to celebrate Jesus this week and tell our friends about him, which gets some names, by the way. Let, let's be real about that. Let's, let's talk to people about the reason for the season. Let's not just do it. Let's be about it. Why not us? Right? So, so there are some wars that we're losing that I believe that today we need to change the script and we need to quote the Word of God and we need to step up with faith with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So let's recommit right now in this season or whether you're watching online or whether you're listening on a podcast or whoever ends up in the sound of my voice. There's a war and you need to know that it's happening. 